and welcome to the North Decatur Presbyterian Church Sermon Series. We're a PCUSA congregation in Decatur, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to ndpc.org or just come by and visit. Here's this week's sermon. Good morning, friends. It's good to be with you. Thank you for the invitation to come here and to preach. So as you heard, I have a book coming out at the end of August. It's called The Women's Lectionary, and it has scripture for every Sunday and every holiday of the liturgical year on women in the Bible and feminine images of God. And I want churches to preach about women in the Bible and feminine images of God every week for an entire year. That is my goal with this book. And one of the reasons that I started this project and I continued it is because we don't always hear these stories about women in the Bible. Some of them are strange and we don't spend much time on them. And that includes this story of Herodias that we heard this morning. And I've actually been spending a lot of time thinking about this story lately because I've been leading an online course called Evil Queens and Wicked Stepmothers, Villainesses in the Bible. And Herodias is one of our evil queens in this course. And we've been talking about these supposedly evil women in the Bible and wondered what the stories would be like from their perspective. Can we sympathize with these women that we see as bad or evil? And I've really enjoyed doing this course. We just ended it. And one of the reasons is because I hear things that I wouldn't otherwise hear when I talk about these stories with other people. Someone in this course pointed out that the beginning of this is like a ghost story. (laughs) I never thought about it that way, but it's true. So Jesus has been going out and performing miracles, teaching, healing, and his reputation is getting out. So Herod hears about him, and so do others. And they're saying, is he Elijah? Is he a prophet? But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. So we know from the beginning that Herod has already beheaded John, but it also seems like Herod is feeling guilty about this and is afraid that John has been raised from the dead, like a ghost story. So let's back up a little bit. Why was John in prison? It's not just because he was a prophet, although we know people love to kill prophets. According to this passage, it's because John told Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And this is a reference to Leviticus 18.16 and 20.21, which prohibit a man from taking his brother's wife. But John isn't only pointing out the individual sin of Herod in doing this, he's also challenging the power structure. He's accusing the rulers of sin. And so in response to this challenge, Herod has John imprisoned. Another reason that I like talking about these stories is because they draw out the elements that are like a fairy tale. Fairy tales are familiar because we've heard them so often they have lots of the same elements in common. And we see that in Bible stories too, repeating similar themes. So in this story, we have a weak king and his powerful wife. 
And so in that way, Herod and Herodias are kind of like Ahab and Jezebel, another king and queen, a weak king and a powerful wife. And Mark incorporates other elements of the Hebrew scriptures. When he says, the girl can ask for whatever you wish, even half of my kingdom. This is a direct quote from Esther, the story of Esther. And that's what he offers her, anything you want. And after this, this seems like a story, kind of a funny story, a dark comedy. The girl immediately rushes out and asks her mother, what should I ask for? And the king immediately sends a soldier to the prison to cut off John the Baptist's head. And then it becomes this kind of bucket brigade with the head. The soldier brings the head to the girl, not the mother, not the king. The girl brings it to her mother. Everyone's taking this head around. It's very strange. A lot of people running around with a head. (sighs) But the person I am most interested in in this story is Herodias. Because at first, she seems so unsympathetic. She seems vindictive, bloodthirsty. She has this grudge against a prophet because he has pointed out her sin. And she takes this first chance she has to have him beheaded. But instead of just seeing her as a villain, we can take this opportunity to be curious about why she acts the way she does. Because seen in another light, this is the story of a mother taking steps to protect her family. John has threatened her family by questioning her marriage, and Herodias is like a mother bear doing what she has to do to protect her young, to protect her family. And it reminds me of this description of God as a mother bear in Hosea. Hosea 13.8 says, I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs and will tear open the covering of their heart. I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs and will tear open the covering of their heart. So something you wouldn't know about me is that I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska, and I know quite a bit about bears. (laughs) Uh, There are actually hundreds of bears that live in Anchorage, and the people who live in this city have learned to coexist with the bears. We take classes on them, we get lessons about them, and one of the first things that I learned as a child in Alaska was not to get between a mother bear and her cubs. (laughs) And this is true of most animals. You do not want to be between a mother and their child. This is one of the most dangerous places to be because a mother bear will do whatever it takes to protect her cubs. And that's the description that we have of God in the Bible, like a mother bear robbed of her cubs. And you may relate to this feeling of wanting to protect children right now. It's been a really difficult year for pretty much everyone but I've been hearing lately that it is especially difficult for parents. I don't have children of my own, but I have a lot of friends who do. And I have nieces and a nephew. I have children in my life that I care about. And so I've been hearing about Zoom school and trying to keep kids in masks and how parents have negotiated all of these safety protocols during COVID, trying to keep these kids safe. 
And even as it feels like we are coming out of the worst of it, we're here in person, we're back in worship together, there's still worry, especially about children, because a lot of kids are not able to get vaccinated yet, and so we're still trying to protect them. And it can be challenging for adults to see other adults acting like the pandemic is over when it's not over for our kids. And so I see how being a parent, loving children, can sometimes feel like having the covering of your heart torn open. Wanting to protect our children comes from God. This is a gift from God, and it is part of God's ordering of creation. We see it in people, and we see it in animals. And so this is what helps me sympathize with Herodias. John has threatened her family, including her daughter, and she is responding as a mother bear. But they're not equals, John and Herodias. Herodias has a lot more power than John does here. She's in a position of power above him. And she's not in the highest position. She's a queen. There is a king above her, another ruler above her. And this is another reason that I find these stories about women in the Bible so fascinating, is these power dynamics of even the women who are in very high positions of power often have someone else above them. And these power dynamics, as complicated as they are, help me to reflect on the power dynamics in my own life. Who has power above me? Who I have power over? And... Herodias doesn't have the authority to just order the death of John the Baptist. She can't say, go cut off his head. Only Herod can do that. And so she waits. She waits for her opportunity. And then when it presents itself, she takes it. She orders the death of this man who has threatened her. And even if we see Herodias in the best possible light, we see her as this mother who is protective This decision has terrible consequences. She kills John the Baptist. She has him killed. And this speaks to me because this can be true of us too. As we see ourselves in this web of people who have more power over us, people who are less powerful than us, we make choices. And sometimes the choices that we make to protect the ones we love can harm those with less power than us. And I've seen this in some of the parents that I know. So a lot of my friends, before they had kids, were just so dedicated to, say, the public school system. And they just really supported it, and that's what they were planning on doing. And then as their kids get a little bit older, as they get to be school-aged, it suddenly becomes, well, I want to do what's best for my child. And I understand that. I get that. I understand wanting to protect the person who is closest to you, and there are consequences for people with less power in that. And that's just one example. Another one I've been hearing about a lot um, for me as a white person and other white people is calling the police, which is a way of protecting ourselves that can have terrible consequences for people of color and people with less power. And I know in all of this that we can make choices, we can be aware, we can make choices to strengthen these oppressive systems, or we can try and work against them to protect the vulnerable. And even when we try, 
we won't always get it right. We know that. We can try, and sometimes people are harmed anyway. And there are consequences, even when we're trying our best. But we can keep trying. And when we make these choices, even the choices of how to protect our children, those we love the most, we can think about the potential consequences of our actions. Who will benefit? Who might suffer harm? Who are we trying to protect? Who is most vulnerable? What is God calling us to do in these moments? And I hope and pray as we learn from Herodias and her actions, we think about our own, that God, who is like a mother bear to all of us, will help us to protect the vulnerable, those that we know and love and those that we don't. Amen.